0: In this episode of Swiping Sunday, I invited my good friend Trudy and her boyfriend Jordan to come speak with me about racism. After the horrific death of George Floyd, social media and the streets have both been full of protesters. Protesters marching together with Black Lives Matter and in protest of police brutality. Unfortunately, somehow, some of the world is still divided. There are some people who are treating the support of Black Lives Matter and the support of good police as mutually exclusive, and they are absolutely not. I support Black Lives Matter, and I support good police, and you can too. However, that does not mean that we can ignore the fact that there are racist police, explosive police, and ignorant police that are killing Black people, many times unarmed Black people, and they need to be held accountable. This episode ended up being over two hours long originally, so in order to make this as impactful as possible, I decided to edit it down to the most important points and add in commentary on any controversial statements afterwards in order to expose facts and ensure that there's no need for any arguments to come from this. Racism is real and I know a lot of people have been raised in a way to believe otherwise on some of the topics that we're going to talk about, even some of my family has been. But I'm hoping that if you've made it this far, you're willing to listen to what I have to say and educate yourself further afterwards. I saw a sign on Instagram that might be able to help some of us disarm our defenses that seem to arise when confronted with being told that we are privileged and there still needs to be a lot of change in order to erase racism. And that is this, treat racism like COVID-19. Number one, assume that you have it. Number two, listen to experts about it. Number three, do not spread it. And number four, be willing to change your life in order to end it for others. Now we're going to dive right into the conversation with Trudy Evans and Jordan Green.
1: Yeah, for me, it's like, so my father's a cop and my cousin's a sergeant actually right now, and he's out there, you know, while the protests are going on. And I've texted him and stuff, like, how are you doing? Like, he just says he's tired because... You know, a lot of those guys, they're, they're just, you know, really working nonstop throughout the schedule. So they're just working around the clock. And it's difficult because I'm sure like as a black, my, so my cousin's black, he's Jamaican. Part of it feels wrong in him, but at the same time, he's got his daughter, you know, he's got his, you know, he's got his family. He's got to take care of himself. And then my father being a cop uh, for him. So my father is in his early 70s. Oh, okay. He is a Vietnam veteran. And wow. he is a retired uh, NYPD lieutenant. And the way like the hierarchy goes in amazing. the city is... So there's the chief police commissioner or whatever. And then every precinct, I think there's like 70-some precincts in New York. Every yeah. precinct has one captain and then up to three lieutenants. So he was a lieutenant down there for that's a 2030 some years and
0: so he's also seen a lot and i'm sure you know stories of like yeah the past years like and know? he'll be the
1: first person first person to tell me like you know when these white cops pull you over do everything they say don't do you know what i'm saying don't do nothing out of you know make sure you have to go above and beyond more to than be a regular person extra, yeah. because he knows like when he so when my father was he was born in 45 he he was drafted to fight in the vietnam war and i think maybe Three or four years later, after he was drafted, uh, black men were given the right to vote. So my fa- my father, right, the, yeah. he he fought in a war, you know, started by men up top that he didn't vote for, that he had no chance to vote for. Me knowing that, it's so much easier to put things in perspective because, yeah. like, he's lived through you know segregation and then desegregation, and then integration, and it's just like you know Jim Crow. So it's just like for him, like he just. He's in the he, he has put me in the mind state as like, yeah, you're a, you're you're a black man. So you have to, like, make sure just go above and beyond.
0: The Washington Post interviews the authors of the book Suspect Citizens, which uses the data of 20 million traffic stops, which found that just by getting in a car, a black driver has about twice the odds of being pulled over and about four times the odds of being searched. Black people are still, though, less likely to be found with drugs, guns, alcohol, or other forms of contraband after discretionary searches. A website dedicated to mapping police violence found that black people are three times more likely to be killed by police than white people. And they are 1.3 times more likely to be unarmed and killed compared to white people. Eight of the hundred largest city police departments kill black men at higher rates than the U.S. murder rate. Reno, Oklahoma City, Santa Ana, Anaheim, St. Louis City, Scottsdale, and Hialeah. All of those cities surpass the 2018 U.S. murder rate. And unfortunately, it's not about crime. One of the examples of this is Buffalo, New York versus Orlando, Florida. Buffalo and Orlando have roughly the same population. The percent of people of color in Buffalo is 50% and the percent in Orlando, Florida is 42%. The violent crime rate is 12 per thousand in Buffalo and only 9 per thousand in Orlando. Yet, the people killed by Buffalo police from 2013 to 2016 are zero. The people killed by Orlando police from 2013 to 2016 is 13 in 2019 police killed 1098 people 24 percent of those killed were black but they are only 13 percent of the population i posted that um pic- it was just a, pic- a picture of barbara walters martin luther king and anne frank and it was like they were all born the same year And it's, like, people just don't really think... I feel like I didn't even really think of it that way. When I watched that Netflix movie, 13th, I was in shock because I didn't realize the timeline of everything. Like, because in school, in John Jay, Mm -hmm. they didn't teach us that much about black lives, anything, like, people in history. And it's so sad. But also with your dad, did he tell you stories about how he like faced discrimination as a cop because i can't imagine being a cop in that time that must have been even harder to get to where he was
1: so he never personally told me about any you know discriminations or you know um tribulations he'd gone through to get where he was but i'm sure he has yeah he mostly told me about his war stories and just like basically how he didn't like it. he didn't want to be there and it's like once he got over there it's just like i need to get home as soon as i can and then you know he gets home and you know, hippies and whoever are like, oh, you know, fuck the troops. And and so, you know, it's just like, it's like, it's like constantly doubly fucking, like I'm black and yeah, I'm a troop. Yeah, constantly like, getting
0: hit down. Yeah. Slavery was abolished in 1865 with a clause saying, quote, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, which led to the imprisonment of innocent black people all over the country. Black men, sometimes even women and children, were arrested and convicted for newly criminalized petty crimes. The most evil of all of this was vagrancy. This meant the crime of being unemployed. Prison systems were now able to lease them to companies and families. Jim Crow laws came directly after the abolishment of slavery as well, condemning black people to segregation. Black people couldn't live in the same areas as white people. They had segregated waiting rooms, bus stops, bathrooms, elevators, water fountains, building entrances even cemeteries and ticket windows. And these laws were not abolished until 1964. If you are in your 20s, 1964 is most likely around the time that your parents were born. Think about that for a minute.
1: So I was born in uh, Queens and then when I was seven, I think around like third grade, I moved down to Atlanta, Georgia. I lived there for four years and then after that, I moved up to Duchess County in Hopewell Junction, and then been living there for the rest of the time.
0: So, when you were in junior high, you were in Atlanta.
1: I uh for sixth grade, seventh grade okay. is when I started. I went to Benwick. Okay, yeah.
0: got it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, did you have those conversations when you came up here? Absolutely, because it's different.
1: I remember one of the first few things they told me when we first moved up here. Like you know, they were still building a house and everything. I'm meeting my you know the kids are coming to around, and my folks told me uh hopo junction is i think it was 90 like low 90s percent caucasian in terms of like the town so like for me that's just like it felt normal because like i kind of not normal but like my expectations weren't that high i didn't expect to come into like a diverse like when i was living in georgia it felt like 50 50 when i was living in atlanta it felt like you know half the people were white half the people were black like it was Mm. very diverse
0: was that hard as a kid Like just being surrounded by white people then and like not feeling like you had.
1: I think um, not in the moment because you're still like, you're you're naive, you know, so you're not really, you're not a just you know, social justice world. You're not really, you know, that's not in the forefront of your mind, you know, Mm -hmm. your people. So I kind of just took it in stride and that and I've always been kind of like laid back. So I've kind of just like took things in stride. Yeah.
0: People say like, oh, well, when you're a kid, don't see color and things like that. Yeah. I used to think that way like i have black friends white friends whatever but i know now saying that is absolutely horrible because that means you're not acknowledging the fact that you are white and you have so much more privilege and so much more ability to like you just have less disadvantages period and you're not acknowledging the history yeah in a post from courtney on we have a guide to white privilege white privilege does not mean your life has not been hard it means your skin tone isn't one of the reasons or things that is making it harder. There's plenty of other privileges, socioeconomic, male, heterosexual, cisgender, Christian, able-bodied, but white privilege is perhaps the most enduring throughout history. White privilege exists as a direct result of both historic and enduring racism, biases, and practices designed to oppress people of color. You are the dominant representation on all media, No one questions your citizenship, products are designed first for you, people at work look like you, your actions aren't perceived as those of all your race, inherited power and wealth is more likely, you don't get harassed for existing in public locations, and systemic racism sprouts through every level of society. The wealth gap shows 90% white-owned, 10% people of color-owned. Black graduates are two times more likely to be unemployed. Black Americans make up 40% of the prison population. Black women are four times more likely to die from childbirth. And Black Americans are shown 18% fewer homes. These are just a few of the many parts of oppression. In Peggy McIntosh's influential paper called White Privilege and Male Privilege, a personal account of coming to see correspondences through work in women's studies, she outlined 46 examples of white privilege, including, I can, if I wish, arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time. I did not have to educate our children to be aware of systemic racism for their own daily physical protection. I can criticize our government and talk about how much I fear its policies and behavior without being seen as a cultural outsider. If I declare there is a racial issue at hand or there isn't a racial issue at hand, my race will lend me more credibility for either position than a person of color will have. I can be sure that my children will be given curricular materials that testify to the existence of their race.
2: People look at racism as like just like one thing black and like white too, also yeah like, exactly just like it's black not. and white like oh i'm not racist because i have black friends or oh i'm not racist because i don't dislike that person just because they're black but it goes way deeper than that yeah. and i think like you said like part of your job unfortunately or fortunately however you want to put it is to do the research unfortunately we're not unfortunately. taught a lot of these things in school me personally i didn't even it, know what juneteenth was it. i didn't know what juneteenth was until a couple years ago i don't remember learning about that in school I don't remember learning about Black Wall Street being burnt down, you know what I mean? And listen, I got a 99 on the history reaches. I know U.S. history, you know what I mean? So even just that.
0: On June 19th in 1865, the Confederate state of Texas, which ignored the abolishment of slavery two years prior, finally emancipated the tens of thousands of African Americans that were still enslaved. This is the celebration of Juneteenth. The burning down of Black Wall Street, also known as the Tulsa Race Massacre, was 99 years ago on June 1st. This Greenwood district had held 300 Black-owned businesses, including doctors, pilots, and musicians. Yet, in a span of just 24 hours, white men rioted and looted and destroyed over 1,200 houses. 35 blocks were burned down, and historians now believe that as many as 300 people died. Yet, this event is still absent in most history books. I, I didn't know about Juneteenth until it's on Instagram, which and is you
2: pathetic. And when think about something so large as that, like why are we not celebrating the it. fact that slavery ended? That's why, huge. This is the
0: whole thing, though. Too why is there Black History Month? Why isn't it all mixed together? Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. Acknowledge. This We're black only gonna acknowledge that, Black
2: people it, during February.
0: There's not only a month of history that we need to learn. I don't, there is a bunch of posts that I keep seeing about all these black women and men who created things that I had no idea. And when you think about all the things that like African-Americans and black
2: people have gone through in the United States, those things should be celebrated.
0: Some of these many inventions include the pacemaker, the IBM computer, the seed planter, the three light traffic light, refrigerated trucks, automatic elevator doors, touch tone telephones, Collar ID, the ironing board, home security systems, hair products, gas mask, plasma bags, dust pans, almanac, spark clubs, folding chair, the doorknob, and the mailbox.
2: How progressive we are and how much of an impact we have on mm-hmm. society and the fact that that's not acknowledged more is is really ridiculous to me because again like things have come such a long way yeah. but then when you when you think about it not really because look at the conversation well we're exactly right
0: that's what i always thought is things have come such a long way and slavery was so long ago and it's like even that um who is it i have to look at my notes it was a white man and a black woman and they wanted to get married and they are the couple that made it like 50 some years ago yeah so 53 years ago yeah. but this my mom's 50 56 so it was 3 years before she got before she was So you're a poppy. If he
2: wanted to marry a black woman he when he was very young, he couldn't. He could
0: not. When people say or act like racism
2: doesn't exist, you can't you almost can't blame people entirely because of what I just said. We're not taught a lot of this. But at the same time, people still need to do their due diligence to
0: educate themselves. Yeah. When you think about the fact that 53 years ago, we couldn't even maybe be as good of friends as we are. Crazy. 53, like that still just like confuses me. And
2: again, I'm going to harp on the fact that there are also black people who think that racism doesn't exist because of their own experiences. When you think about it, a few a few years ago just in 1965 during the civil rights movement like people were marching to you know end segregation and all these things you couldn't drink out of the same water fountain that your white friend or whatever you know that you have right now is drinking out of and people don't really realize that
1: progress has been much slower and it's because people don't understand you know jim jim crow and segregation all ended in the 60s those ideals lived on when they tried to integrate you know the black and white schools and you know the two races there wasn't like just a smooth like hey you know let's be buddies now those people still held those ideals and they passed it down to their kids and you know here exactly. we are today
0: it's no secret that some of our grandparents were racist they grew up in different times and that's not something that you yourself have to be ashamed of but you might have innate opinions or reactions to things that are rooted in racism and you may not even recognize them because they're not projected outwardly onto people but that doesn't mean that they don't exist the beauty of it is that you can reflect and change you can realize that even though you may not be racist, you want to make changes to become anti-racism so that racism stops in the generations to come, even within your family now. Okay, conversation about defund the police. So in Mean Girls, she has the crown, she wins prom queen, and then she breaks it apart and hands it out to people. So it was Lindsay Lohan as the police, and she's breaking apart the crown and handing it to school and um, health and whatever else, and like all those different types of the system Mm -hmm. like that's what defund the police is it's not fuck the police we're not going to ever have police again yeah we don't need them like we know there are good cops and we know that we need them in certain situations but they have 5.6 billion dollars goes to the police in in new york city health and hospitals gets 1 billion so in the middle of a pandemic the police are getting 5.6 billion and health and hospitals get 1 billion. Community and youth development gets 779 million. Department of homeless services gets 2 billion and Department of Housing gets 987 million and yeah, I think that's all I have. Yeah. That's New York City Council budget reports. Just like with everything else, there will be extremists to every point. I personally do not want to defund the police entirely. I know there is an argument that defunding the police is the start of that, but that is not the majority. The majority who support do acknowledge the apparent need for police, but would also like to acknowledge and fund the community resources which would help decrease crime and help their homes prosper. I think shooting in the back, there's never any reason. It just shouldn't be legal for anyone. I want to touch on Rashawn Brooks yeah. for a
2: second, though. And I think this is what, like, when you look at that situation and you think about how many people are actually saying oh well you know he shot the taser this that and the fourth this is what black people mean when they say that white people have no regard for black lives this is exactly what they mean because i can guarantee you if that was a white woman who oh, shot course, the taser exactly. and she ran away. There would be marches to too. That man did not deserve to die. Obviously, we know using the taser on the cop isn't is right, wrong. but that doesn't
0: mean kill them. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's exactly what I mean by how just desensitized people are and how they try to dehumanize people by saying, oh, well, they did this, that, and the fourth, so they deserve to die? You don't know if that man had a
0: kid. You don't know if he had a wife. He's still a human being there's literally videos of people black people with their hands on their head and the cop comes and kicks them or Mm -hmm. punches them or shoots them Mm -hmm. hands are on their head or on the steering wheel they get killed or beaten and brutalized and it's like that's fact i know we get really heated here and i debated taking it out but the truth is if you're not feeling impassioned empathy then i think that what trudy said is right we're desensitized and we're really not thinking about anything in a different way than what it was if i was drunk ran from the cops Shot back a taser, missed, so the taser was now no longer a weapon, and then the cop drew his gun and shot me in the back as I was running away. Would you be silent? I do not agree with the way that Rayshard Brooks handled the situation, but that does not mean his drunken mistakes should cost him his life. I'm going to have links for all of the information that I add into this podcast in the description of the episode. One of these links will be video evidence of police brutality against unarmed black people. The videos are horrifying, but they exist. Sometimes, I guess people may have to see it to believe it.
1: It's really, it's it's just because racism has a lot of layers to it. And probably one of the deepest layers is the population disparity. You know, there's 14% black people or somewhere around the number to 70, 70% white people. People see that, you know, and they see the way blacks, you know, black people are viewed or are portrayed on television, you know, gangsters, violent, you know, they, they grow up. So boom, right. They're raising kids. They got to move down to new Rochelle. Right. And what do they know about black people besides the one or two, three black people they've, you know, encountered a talk with, you know, that they're violent, that they're this, that they're these stereotypes, mm-hmm. they pass that down to their kids. So regardless mm-hmm. of where you're really growing up, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to avoid, you know,
2: and again going back to what he was saying about how like black people are portrayed on television. I was actually just watching Victorious yesterday and <laughs> I know this is really random, but I was watching Victorious with Olivia yesterday. It's a oh, kids show. Oh, I thought show. you were just watching okay, it. By I didn't. No, no, no. I, was with like, I wasn't even <laughs> watching it. I was just passing by actually. I, didn't even know where that I, I she was watching it in the atrium and I was there and there was a black woman in the show, dark darker skinned black lady, and the whole time in the entire scene she was yelling and just really angry. And I'm like, how many times have I seen a scene where there's a black lady always screaming or there's a black character and they're always angry or yelling, you know, always portrayed the the same way. And the ones who aren't like that are usually usually the lighter skinned person. That's
0: literally you have to watch the Red Table Talk that they released on Colorism. They literally talked about it and they had a woman on the show who was very darker skinned. And she talked about how she went to auditions for, I forget, one of, like, a famous movie, I forget. And it was Group A girls were the white versions of The Hottest of Hot. Then the Group B girls were, like, the light-skinned, could have, like, natural hair but needed to be their own hair. Group C girls were light to medium-skinned. And then Group D was dark-skinned, poor like literally it had and they had all the descriptions from the audition they had it on the video and everything it was and something that's like and
2: right there in your face every day people don't realize and that was just like a small observation that i made yesterday i just rolled my eyes i'm like look at this black lady they got on this show yelling and screaming and things
0: like it sounds stupid but with disney princesses too like i have a nephew too so he's a kid and it's like where are all the black disney characters
2: i was looking for a birthday gift for his niece And I wanted to get, you know the musical jewelry boxes with the ballerina? Every single one was white. Every single one. I think I found one and it was a very, very poor quality so I didn't get it because obviously I wanted to get her something nice. So I ended up having to get one with the white ballerina and we're actually going to paint it brown but it's just something as simple as that it's like do we need to get her a a black ballerina jewelry box not necessarily but i would like her to have one with someone who looks like her we need there there needs to be representation of everyone Everyone. so everybody could feel inspired so all little girls could look at that jewelry box ballerina and say oh i could be a ballerina too you know it's that simple
0: and then the other thing was cultural appropriation with like how kim k wears the braids and she gets shit on for it Mm -hmm. i want to touch on that first because i actually Think if she's so I know that there's something I'm missing mm-hmm. but when she wears braids why is that a bad thing
2: I think the reason why people feel, I feel away, like she's taking like I don't I don't it's not even that it's a bad thing I pe- think I feel people like people feel think she's away. taking credit but she's that and I think people feel away because there's it, it wasn't up until I think a year and a half ago that you couldn't be told how to wear your hair in an office they made that a law because black girls couldn't wear braids you know what i so you would see you could kind of understand why that type of thing would anger certain women yeah exactly and go i don't know too much about this but going back years and years ago um into slavery from what i understand women used to sort of use their hair to express themselves they Mm -hmm. use braids and the different styles as a form of way to express themselves it was theirs you know yeah so i think people just they have this view, like, you know, we can't even wear our fucking braids in our office. And
0: In February of 2019, New York City issued the country's first ever ban on employer policies and practices that discriminate against how black people wear their hair. I'm going to read this because it was basically the exact situation. A white girl posted about how her experience. Let me see. Okay. Krista Varanoff, she wrote when i was 15 i was chased through a mall by police who were yelling stop thief i had thousands of dollars of stolen merchandise on me i was caught booked sentenced to six months of probation required to see a parole officer weekly and i was never even handcuffed when i was 18 i was pulled over for drunk driving when the police officer asked me to blow into the breathalyzer i pretended to have asthma and insisted i couldn't blow hard enough to get a reading the officer laughed then asked my friends to blow and when one of them came up sober enough to drive he let me move to the passenger seat of my car and go home with just a verbal warning When I was 19, I got angry at a girl for flirting with my sister's boyfriend and drunkenly attacked her in the middle of a party. I swung a gallon of water full force at her head. The police were never called. When I was 20, with all of my strength, I punched a guy in the face while we were both standing two feet from a cop. The guy went to the ground and came up bloody and screaming that he wanted me arrested and that he was pressing charges. The cop pulled me aside and said, don't punch people in front of cops. Then laughed and said that if I ever joined the police force, he'd like to have me as a partner. I was sent into my apartment and told to stay there. Between the ages of 11 and 22, my friends and I were chased or admonished by the police On several occasions, for drinking or doing illegal drugs on private property or in public, I have no criminal record. If I had been shot in the back by police after the shoplifting incident, in which I knowingly and willingly and soberly and in broad daylight ran from the cops, would you say I deserved it? I'm asking the white people reading this to think about the crimes you've committed. Note, your parents and yourself will most likely call them mistakes. Think of all the mistakes you've made that you were allowed to survive. Defunding the police is not about living in a lawless society. It's about the fact that in this country, we're not supposed to get shot by police. The system that let me live and murders Rayshard Brooks is a broken system that must change. Stop defending it and demand the change. Like, all of that.
2: Exactly. It just echoes the point that I made.
1: I think um, the politicians have done a great job manipulating the middle-class and poor white folk to believe that, that things are, they've passed enough, you know, civil rights and we've gotten far enough that, Hey, racism is gone. You don't like, you're like, listen, you have the same, you know, struggles as this poor black fellow over here sometimes like i don't want to blame them because like you're just so ignorant and i know like if you had different experiences if you grew up in a different environment it probably wouldn't be the same but at the same time we don't have that time to be excusing all these people because you know people are dying on the street and people are being killed and it's all over the world it's incredible actually that people still deny white privilege and just in racism in general because the entire world right now is protesting we can peel off another layer and get even deeper People of darker skin across yeah. all races, probably except for Caucasian, you know, ethnicities, are treated poorly across the world. Jamaicans, you know, some of us, some of them, uh, and us, I'll say us, bleach our skin. Um,
0: That's in that Puerto Rican to talk too. Puerto
1: Ricans and Dominicans, uh, ver- uh you know, light skin Puerto Ricans and Dominicans, uh, versus dark skin Puerto Ricans and Dominicans, you know. Look at With-
2: Australia, the aborigine people, they're treated like dirt. They're usually darker skinned people. Brazil, black people are treated like dirt in Brazil, okay? Everywhere, it's not just an issue in America. And it's right in
1: front of our faces, black Americans, you know, light-skinned black Americans versus dark-skinned black Americans, it's, you know.
2: Like I don't have the same experiences as a darker-skinned black woman or as a darker-skinned black man. And I think lighter-skinned black people also need to acknowledge that privilege. A lot of times women feel as though, lighter-skinned women feel as though they're being attacked, but that really isn't the case. It's Again, just acknowledging that I can sit here confidently and know that I have not experienced half of the things that darker-skinned women have experienced.
0: And that's in the colorism video that I was talking about, too. There was a Netflix documentary or Hulu or something called Dark Girls. And they asked a black, a very dark-skinned black little girl to point out in a scale of, like, cartoons, but it was, like, the whitest of white and then darkest of dark skin colors for each one. Who is the smartest one? The white girl. Who is the prettiest one? The white girl. Who is the ugliest one? She went to... To the one that had the same skin color as her. Like, that is so depressing to think about. That that little girl, like, unknowingly or how... Like, I guess knowing... Like, she literally chose her skin color was the ugliest. Mm-hmm. Like, Sad. It's that that is proof right there that her parents aren't... I mean... I'm sure there are some bad parents. Her they're parents not, aren't telling her she's ugly. They're not taught so, to love themselves
2: so, in in the media or it's it's yeah. pushing it, something as simple to as like television light, shows yeah. like the black girl is always the lighter skinned black girl or they're interracial or biracial half black half white. It always is the case. And
1: because of sexism, it affects women incredibly more than men because you know uh, not
2: only are you a woman but you're also a dark-skinned woman so it's like now i'm fighting two not me personally but now you're fighting two battles a lot of times Mm -hmm.
1: women you know their beauty is how they're defined in this world and whether it's right or wrong that's how it is and you know
2: unfortunately uh, men see women as objects
0: i was gonna ask you about how being black has affected your self-confidence or self-love or anything like that i know it's like taboo so you don't have to talk about it but i think that men aren't asked about it or talking about it because it's so much more focused on women and I know that it is more of a thing for women because we are looked at as objects and we're looked at for sex appeal and everything else but men also have those struggles and I was just wondering if you would speak on it for
1: me personally I found a lot of confidence in being a black man and that's a lot due to because on television you know I was born in the 90s growing up the black guy was always the cool guy guy. like black was always seen as cool in everything that i watched and so i probably didn't have the same and also i'm not the darkest fella you know i'm i'm you know kind of middle in the pack maybe closer towards being lighter skinned but um yeah so i i probably can't really relate to you know how women in general especially darker skinned women and darker skinned men because i i feel like i see when i see um criminals and thugs and you know they're darker they're always super dark skin on television that's how they're portrayed
0: do you why do you think that it is that black men are looked at as cool but black women still have more of a struggle it's just the sexism also like i feel like that doesn't make any because like you see a movie and there's 10 people and if the black guy is the cool guy there's usually not a black girl that's a cool girl
1: it kind of weakens us as a race, you know, when, when they bring our woman down, when they take our, our women down yeah, of course. and bring us up, it's kind of, it kind of, you know, you see it all the time, you know, black athletes or black famous people, musicians, or whatever actors, they're frequently dating outside of their race. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, the black guy is cool on TV, the black woman, she's angry, she's aggressive, mm-hmm. she's ghetto, you know, quote unquote. So
0: do you think that so this is a complicated question because I understand why black people then would want to be with black people because you want to show that you love your race and you don't like you don't want what you just said basically like you don't want it to be like oh I'm black and I'm a celebrity so I'm dating a white girl because I can kind of thing Mm -hmm. but like then it also comes back to the fact okay but I under Like, if, shouldn't it just be who you fall in love with? Like, I know that sometimes that's a different situation for the more higher up people. But yeah. it's, like, hard because it's, like, I agree. I would love to see a black couple happy together. But I also would love to see a black guy and a white girl or a white guy and a black girl. It's hard because you want to, like, stay as... You have to talk about this, not me. But, like, I'm sure you want to stay true to loving and respecting and owning that you are black. But also being like it's okay to like it's kind of a situational
1: thing and and kind of a proximity thing because a proximity problem because you love who you love right so it doesn't like if i'm black i should be able to date whoever i want to date and if you know someone's white or whatever asian they should be able to whoever they want to date the problem i feel like arises in mixing cultures and i when two people who are different races can blend their cultures beautifully then i i feel like it works you know and it should accept be, and
0: appreciate those differences yeah it
1: shouldn't be looked down upon if someone you know dates outside of the race and me personally i have gone through that experience so before trudy i was dating an asian woman and then before her i was dating a black woman so i've seen like the um the difference in cultures you know bringing them to meet my family and how was so that with so. your family it's so my father, being an older black man, and you know, being born in the '40s, did not you know, did not really like that. He he would have preferred to see me with a black woman, and like I know with I know his line of thinking is wrong, but I also really don't get too mad at him because like
0: it's it I literally I understand it, but like I also feel like if you want change, then you can't say we have to stay with black people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but at the same time, if you stay with black people, then it empowers your race mm-hmm. so yeah, it's like, like a fucking
1: as as long no. as your partner can be an ally and you can mend your you can blend your cultures you know yeah. seamlessly then there shouldn't be a problem if you can look past because usually almost every time it happens the parents the older folks they look yeah. down upon that and that's just you know how times were when they yeah. were growing up and so that's why i, ex- I excuse my dad and even sometimes yeah. in certain cases when i see very very old white people that are racist or you know do certain things or say certain things i'm like if you grew up today maybe you're a different person so i'm not that mad at i'm still i don't like you know yeah you know excuse it at all but i understand you know we live in a world full of circumstances
0: okay here's one of the questions someone wrote in if someone called you a racial slur and it was years ago example middle or high school and you saw them recently trying to be cordial with you maybe at a bar or a party do you hold that grudge against them being racist towards you or let it go. We we spoke
2: about this. I
0: think grudge is too strong of a word to use. It's honestly giving that
2: person way too much importance. Um I think I'd probably just not pay them any mind. And again, it isn't because I hold these deep strong feelings that I've held on to you for don't years, need to associate but I just with them. don't feel the need to associate with you. I don't know if you've changed. You know what I mean? Like if you're still that same person,
0: I just wouldn't want to talk to you in general. So yeah. I think that's their responsibility to, yeah. r- unless they were blackout, even if they were blackout drunk, but that's the only reason that they wouldn't remember. So unless they don't remember that somehow, they, it's their responsibility to come now as an adult and say, I'm sorry for being an asshole when I was younger or something but like see, that. Me personally, I wouldn't even have that mindset to
2: expect someone to even remember that type of thing, because for you to say something like that, you have to be incredibly insensitive. So for me, I wouldn't even expect you to remember that you would say something like that. I would actually expect you to act like you didn't say yeah the
0: only reason i say that is because if it was middle school like no of course i
2: i completely agree with
1: you i basically share the same sentiments um i'm not a non-friendly person but if if they were really really pressing to like you know hey hey you know then Mm -hmm. i'd let them know like listen i'm not really trying to talk with you converse right now yeah (laughs) and if you really want to know why It's because you said some stupid shit way, way back then. All right. So you just keep pushing, or you can, you know, we can try to resolve things now. And I can see if you're, you know, you're in a better mind state and you've evolved and grown as a person.
0: Yeah. What can white people do to be a better ally? I feel like we're kind of touching on it, but if you have like specific things, I also wanted to ask about just like what you. can promote change because I feel like we've shown in just literally it's been almost an hour now and there's so many complexities to like everything that goes into being racist or being a little racist or whatever you want to say you like I don't really know how is the best way to start besides
2: there's a lot you can do obviously if you're paying attention to to anything right now you know that there's a lot you can do but I think the most important thing is Starting with yourself and starting with the people closest to you and the people around you, starting at home, because if you're not having these conversations at home, you're just kind of letting things continue to go on the way they've always been. You have to start the conversation at home to spark any type of real change.
0: Yeah, and I think that's important for white kids, which, again, I never had those conversations when I was a kid about racism or Anything really. And when I say start the conversation at home, I
2: i don't even just mean. No, just in general, like me a, with my family exactly, now. Yeah. Like call call people out when they're saying problematic things. Call people out when they're saying insensitive things. Not to start an argument, but to really be an ally. If you say you're an ally, advocate for us. Call people out when they're. Yeah, wrong. behind closed
0: doors, not on social media. Like exactly. you need to do it outside of social exactly. media if in order for it to If you're on matter. social media and not doing anything in real life, that means nothing. Also, I posted that picture after I went to the Cape with my friends. And when I was at the Cape, I was still posting a few things, not as often, but like I went to the Cape with my friends to escape like COVID nonsense. So it's completely different. But people that I follow, a girl that I follow posted something that same day, like shortly after I posted and was like, all you fake bitches posting that you're an ally and then posting that you're enjoying your life. So where is the line really drawn with that?
2: That is just someone who wants to seem important, who wants to seem like they're saying something of value because to me that makes zero sense. You can be an ally and you can still enjoy your life. People still have lives. That makes no sense to me. I think that person just honestly wants to hear themselves. Well, I talk. feel like that's,
0: like, a big argument right now about people saying, oh, you're going back to posting normal shit. I mean, and, like, yeah, eventually people are going to go back to posting normal shit. I'm not, but, And I think if like, you're just
2: posting things just for the sake of not wanting to look bad, it's not genuine anyway. So if I wouldn't want you to, you know... Yeah,
0: that's where it's, like, the genuine people in your life know who you are and Exactly. Whatever. I don't know if that was direct towards me, but I just felt like, should I not have posted something? No,
2: I think, you, like, I know you personally, so maybe it's different yeah. and maybe I'm biased because of I that. I don't know, but, yeah. It's not like you know you just went off to wherever you said you were and the whole time it just been silent. Like I know people, I've actually unfollowed a couple people unfortunately who they're the first ones to look at my story when I post. Anything related to Black Lives Matter, and I have been posting only things related to Black Lives Matter. So it's like they almost expect it. And I'm watching these people watch my story, and they're they haven't posted a single thing, but they're posting pictures with their boyfriends. I know exactly. Their you're about. <laughs> um, w- one girl, honestly, what made me unfollow her? We worked together, and I really, really loved her. She didn't even post for the Blackout Tuesday. So that for me, like, and I, I and again, I know. If someone doesn't post on social media, doesn't mean that they're not doing anything. But I also follow her fiance and neither of them posted anything, anything. about Black Lives Matter or on that day. So for me, that kind of told me everything I needed to know because you've, you have been posting regularly about other things, which for me just shows that you're neutral.
0: What I think is important to take from this part of the conversation is that I don't really think that there's such thing as neutral in the fight against racism. Either you're fighting against it or you're part of it. At this point, if you are seeing all of the things that are happening in the world, if you really do look into it and don't just go off of the few things that you hear on certain news channels or from certain publications and you actually educate yourself on the truth behind what is going on, facts, not just opinions, facts, statistics, numbers, videos, all of it, if you are neutral against the racism and racists that exist in the world, then you are guilty by association.
2: I feel as though the people who say all lives matter are the people who complain about Kaepernick kneeling. The song represents patriotism, right? And equality, one nation under all. Like, it's not disrespecting the flag. It's taking a stand and saying, but things aren't really equal. The things that you guys say in the Pledge of Allegiance or the things that you guys say, it's not true for everyone.
1: It's just, like, even when you see, like... Tons of people from the military say, like, I don't feel Kaepernick is disrespecting us. I believe what he's saying is he doesn't believe the flag right now and how the nation, the current state of affairs are doesn't reflect, you know, the values that this flag is supposed to represent. The flag Mm -hmm. is just a symbol, just like everything else, you know, you at the letters, USA, the colors, all just a symbol to represent values. And if we're not upholding that values and we're not upholding, you know. Quality among Americans. Then why then, are we
2: pledging to this flag?
1: Again, I can go back to my father. You know, serving in a war for a flag for a nation where he was not even able to vote. Who the person sent him to war wasn't able to vote him in. Mm-hmm. So it it just doesn't make sense to me. I think people like that are being uh, purposefully obtuse, and they just they you know change is hard, change is difficult, and they are comfortable with the way things are in the status quo and because so, it doesn't
2: affect them and people tend to not care about things that don't affect them directly yeah. unfortunately that's why yeah. people
1: say oh get politics out of my sports yada 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 it's not it's not really because poli- polit- politics is real life politics is it's you know, humanity it's humanity it's you know it's And not
2: to mention you know athletes like I don't know what the statistics are, but there are a lot of black athletes. He's staking, taking a stand as a black man for himself, for the people he plays with, and for real people. He's able to see outside of himself, like, yeah, I made it this far. I'm in the NFL, but I'm going to stand up for my people because I understand that even though I'm standing here right now and I have these opportunities, there are still black people, black communities who are suffering.
1: We would love to be prideful of a flag that represents our nation, If our histories weren't split and told in two parts, so the the 13th amendment reads that, um, slavery, you know, is abolished except for use of punishment for crime, right? And then if you follow the trail, you know, boom, prison. Now, you know, still segregation, Jim Crow, black people are getting locked up en masse for, you know, small petty yeah, so crimes so many slaves bullshit. as
0: well got just thrown into just, jail immediately yeah. because they had nowhere to go.
1: And fast forward today, Literally. we have so many companies and so many industries that are profiting off the industrial prison complex mm-hmm. that it's it's almost like, There's no way we can go backwards and go in reverse and start releasing these black people until these people in corporate positions also see us as people and not dollar bills.
0: It's not that long ago that horrible like well no it's still today that horrible things are happening but like a lot of the things that i associated as before my poppy's time Mm
2: -hmm. you know why because we're now pictures in black and white we Mm -hmm. we see pictures in black and white and we think oh it happened so long ago but then when you put in put it into perspective and you say oh well um you know the civil rights movement happened in 1965 oh okay that was actually my mom the year my mom was born and then when you put it into perspective like that it's like how it's almost impossible how can you not comprehend that this has
0: sort of lived on, and even if it was further along than it is, which it's not, and it needs to be, but like even if it was, you can't disregard Black people's feelings and and lives and like like the way that they grew up before those changes anyway. But Again, like still, that's my not grandfather warmer,
1: served in World War Two, you know, and so and i couldn't
0: vote. And couldn't he-
1: vote. Same thing with my father and honestly my last name my last name is a irish gaelic last name i have no history past slavery because that was erased so like how some people you know oh you know my irish family were slaves or here and there or whatever and you know we can't wait what do
0: you mean by that can you explain that a little more just
1: so my last name is a gaelic irish name it was passed down from your great 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 okay who was a slave and their slave masters name so they took the name, slave name yeah They're so like, very very often and that's why you see like some sometimes a lot of black people with white last names or you know names you usually see on white people
0: it's because it's their slave owners name yeah
1: yeah i mean i'm not gaelic or irish i do i look Yeah at i it? didn't
0: know what your last name cuz i it's green right
1: it's green yeah and so that's how that works another point with like successful black people I feel like a lot of white people see people who are successful that are black, and will be like, "How can he experience right? Like, why? How?" Can-? And and they'll and then even when those people try to like LeBron or whoever they'll try to talk on certain subjects, they'll say, "Oh, you can't speak on that because you haven't. You know, maybe you did, but now you don't, and so like you can't really relate."
2: You don't have to go through those struggles, but you're still using your platform and your voice to speak up for people in you know these lower
0: communities. That's something that white people say though. They're like, "Oh, well, if." this famous so person did it and this famous person did it. not Not that part, but they say well, they can do it, so so can the rest mm-hmm. of them. Because that's
2: people sweet. think that everyone has the same yeah. experiences. Like, no, and also that's me, the thing. for example, like, you know, like, I came here as an immigrant. People would probably look at me and say, oh, well, if you could do it, anybody else can do it. No. That's not the I had thing. a lot
0: of help along the way. And that's the same situation, like, obviously for black people, but I feel like you have to relate it to white people. Be like, if a white person was born, and as parents abandoned them or whatever the situation is, they do not have the same chance as me who grew up with my parents in this house with, like, food at my table every night and, like, things like... Like, you have to think about the things that you don't want to think about. You have to think that black people are still born into different areas that are not as wealthy or, like, whatever in some situations. For some people, it's a never-ending cycle. Like well, I that's the whole thing. You have to break out of it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's hard not to. Easy. Yeah. yeah. People think... You know, I said that to my family member as well. I was like, think about how much I struggle with like, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what job I can do. I don't know, like I struggle personally. Think about that for a black person. They have all the same struggles and worries that a white girl or a white guy of my age has. But then they also have to compete in the workplace, as a black person, like you have to compete in the workplace and out on the streets as a black person, you don't get the same respect all the time because there are racists. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple, there are racists. You
1: can show people the statistics, you know, with the white and black guy, same degree, same whatever, and you know who's most likely to get the job, and that does, you know, again, come back to uh, uh, the population disparity because there's so many of you of, of white people. It's like I feel I I know it's wrong, but for myself when i interact and like see the strangers who are who are black i feel a sense of camaraderie and a sense of like you know you're you know you're in this with me i may give you a head nod or whatever but i just feel like and i, I i'm sure that's not uncommon i'm pretty sure that's common within yeah almost. and I, so part of me like and i know like part of it is being black in america and that struggle and so just you know there's a level of unspoken just you know understanding yeah and so i i kind of get why a white person would want to hire another white person over a black person. I get why it's wrong. Yeah. But I understand their the, the, that line the of thinking, thinking that it's ignorant and it's wrong. And it should be based off your, your merit, not your race. But it's so ingrained in like America and Americans as a people. It's, you know, it feels almost impossible to get out of to,
0: to escape. I don't know. That's the kind of thing that like. Not that, I don't know. I That's why I kind of ask how we are going to help change because there's just so much that has to change. But, like, Mm -hmm. one way to help is to still educate yourself and educate your family, like you said, Mm -hmm. and just keep... I feel like social media, like, even if I post a selfie, I can still post something about that I read that day. mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't negate the other. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I I
2: mean, mean, I know you also don't want to get political. And again, this is still, like, this is still a humanity issue. This is not politics. But I think... Another way to bring about change again is the people we have in office. Like, if you look at the state of things right now, like, the country is the most divided.
0: It's been in forever. Just like everyday racism is a problem that needs to be solved in itself, and that's literally without any violence. It's the fact that people just look at people and judge and discriminate against them. Again, this is definitely not the same issue as what's going
2: on right now, but it's just the fact that people are very, exactly, people are very uneducated. I had a situation where I was at work and we were having drinks, it was a work party and I guess she had a little bit too much to drink. I showed her a picture of when I was um, in Jamaica actually and it was very humid so my hair was very fluffy and poofy and her reaction to seeing my hair out instead of being in a bun like it normally is is, oh you have black hair. And I was really taken aback by that because still, till this day, I, I I don't really know what she meant by that. Then in that same conversation- So she
0: didn't think that
2: you were black? I don't know. It's, it's almost as like she didn't want to see me as black. I don't know if it's because I was lighter skinned or it's a thing where like, oh, how could you be black and successful and be here right now with me.
0: You know what I mean? And have like, great style. Exactly. And dress like me and think like, like work like me. And, you know,
2: be articulate or whatever. It's almost, she didn't, it's almost as if she didn't want to see me as black. And then it, again, in that same conversation, she asked me, what box do I check when I'm filling out the forms? When they ask you what your race is. You don't
0: ask that no matter what. Like, exactly. And for me, that. it's
2: the part about that, that angered me, I guess, is why does that even matter? why are you asking that why do you care and also i have never hit the fact that i'm black yeah. i identify as black i was born in jamaica but i i'm i'm black
1: i've got a few stories when it comes to being pulled over by the police yeah. but those so my father being a lieutenant you have family in the police you get a you get a little card typically it's called a pba card. you know Policeman's benevolent association and that is like a hey you know i'm You know family with police let me slide kind of thing and they usually respect that um and then so my my father being a lieutenant i had a lba card which is a little bit of a higher tier It's lieutenant's, but so it's like you know they see that and it's kind of they correct themselves you know oh especially if they're being a little you know aggressive i can say in every case that i've had an interaction with a cop i've always been super polite obviously my father's a cop so he's taught me how to you know act you know, with these people, because he knows firsthand how they treat certain you know groups of people, and um, every time you know that they've gotten aggressive or whatever with me, I felt like you know they were either being a little bit racist or just being a little bit aggressive because of you know my skin tone and because of how young I am. I always see them correct themselves, and it's like a flip of the switch when I show them that card. When I say, "Hey, listen, my father's an officer," you know, or whatever, I don't even tell him that he's retired. Say, "My father's on the job right now," because Even then, retire, like, they don't give a fuck, really, you know? And in those cases where they were being like that, it's like, boom. Oh, yeah? Oh, da-da-da. And sometimes, in some cases, they won't believe me, and they'll ask, which I understand, you know, you can do that if you want to, but they'll call. Hey, you know, can you call your father or, you know, put him on the phone or whatever? I'd like to speak to him, right? And you call Every time. Yeah, no problem. I'll call him. You want to speak to another cop instead of me? Absolutely. Like, I I get you're doing a job, and I'm just trying to, you know, go about my day. Let's Let's make this interaction as successful as possible for the both of us, which means you do your job. I do my job. We both walk away alive. Yeah. And so it's just, it's funny, you know people always people always uh they switch up when they realize
0: yeah so you see how they act before they know that you're Mm -hmm. in their like circle kind Mm -hmm. of thing yeah and do they just give you an attitude and they're more like aggressive toward you
1: so the the most recent time uh i was by the mall and he had pulled me over and he said i was doing 45 and a 35 and so i so i drive a truck and when i threw my truck in the park sometimes it gives a little jerk and so he walks up to the window. I've got my hands on the cereal, whole thing, you know, I got everything out ready, you know, I've shown him, you know, LBA everything. And he's just getting loud with me. He's uh he's he's asking me how come I uh like just generally loud with me, asking me why, you know, my car stops so suddenly, asking me if I have any weapons or drugs in the car.
0: Yeah, I've never been asked if I had weapons. I get
1: it, I'm young, but like and I get it, drugs? Sure, maybe. Young kids do drugs. Drugs and weapons? Like then after that right i tell him you know my father's on the job whatever he's like all right one second right he calls my pops pops doesn't pick up i'm thinking oh fuck like, <laughs> the one time it doesn't pick up right and um so he goes hang here one second he puts my phone on my hood so i can't reach it from inside right and i'm like that's a nice trick because i could have you know record, whatever starts pacing around my car with his flashlight looking in uh, goes around, comes back to my window. He's being aggressive. I ask him, is there a reason you're being aggressive? I, you know, And he gets even more aggressive with me. So he goes, my car smells like weed, right? I go, officer, I'm not high right now. Like I haven't smoked any weed, yada, yada, yada. And this is the crazy shit that, that I've probably seen in a while. He goes, no, I can tell you're high. On my mother's life, I wasn't high, right? I didn't smoke all day. He goes, oh, I can tell you're high. I'm like, how can you tell I'm high? He goes, look up into the, into the sky, right? Tilt your head up. And then try to roll your eyes back right and keep what so i i i I try to roll my eyes back and i'm like my eyes are like blinking because it's kind of like i'm like what the fuck am i doing and it's weird he goes see when your eyes when your eyes blink and flicker like that he goes that means you're high he goes listen i'm a nerd i uh you know i went through all the you know the courses with (laughs) narcotics whatever in the pd i know and he's telling me i i saw in my life nicole and and he's telling me i'm looking i'm like what the fuck is going on this guy
2: Take you for a fool. It didn't
1: even, it didn't even seem real. Like, this guy's telling me I'm high when i like, I yeah. know. And you're telling me like, all nope. this. Like, your are mom. you sure you went
0: you through so wrong. like
1: <laughs> So it's just like, that shit was crazy. But I, he didn't give me a ticket. Uh, he said, give your, tell your father. I'm pretty sure he said, tell your father. Because they all say the same shit. Oh, tell your father, you know. Thank you, da-da-da, whatever.
0: But that's so, the whole thing. If you didn't have that card, would you be more scared?
1: Yeah, absolutely. 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 Whenever, like, sometimes I forget it. Because I have, like, a, a, a phone wallet. Yeah. That's why I don't always have it on me. I try to keep it in my car, but um, when I don't drive around with it, that's always in the back of my head. Yeah, Every you time just drive you, very safely, like what?
0: extra carefully, yeah. And stuff. Yeah,
1: I can't even, you know, I don't, I don't want to get pulled over. Do you want to touch on black on black crime? To use that example, um, when people say, well, like, yeah, people
0: also say like that. You know, oh, you guys kill
1: each other so much. Exactly. It's exactly. like. If we talk about the crime to poverty relation uh, mm-hmm. model, we'll understand, right? Yeah. Poverty breeds crime. Yeah. And when black people uh, were no longer, when they passed uh, civil, those civil rights laws and we didn't have to be segregated anymore in the 60s, we didn't, they didn't push us into white neighborhoods and say, hey, prosper, put yourself up by the bootstraps and prosper. No, they said, go live in these ghettos. Right? We're Figure gonna we're out. gonna red yeah. we're gonna redline you get we're gonna we're gonna first off live in these poor parts of our, our country. We're gonna not fund those parts of the country properly, right? Like we do the rest of the country. Um we're gonna redline those parts of the country so people that live in those, you know, ghettos in the poor, they can't you know they can't get any bank loans. They can't bring themselves up out of poverty. That's what the
0: 13th is about too, mm-hmm. and it talks about Nixon and the war on drugs, which was the really war, a war, war on, on black, black people. people.
1: Then we can get into gerrymandering. Which do you know about? I I think uh, you don't know about gerrymandering. It's the whole
0: manipulate the boundaries so as to favor one party or class.
1: So essentially, with gerrymandering, they were they were. Um, making sure our votes didn't count, right? Mm-hmm. They were cutting, they were, and they that, were dividing. And I
0: found out that that still exists in the South.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's like, hello? Yeah,
1: there's certain things that they, so right, so we, we get down to black people living in these ghettos, living, you know, supposed to bring themselves up by the, you know, bootstraps, but we didn't really ever get a chance. And,
0: also, and the thing in 13th, in that movie, they show that Nixon is literally on tape talking about how, oh, everyone's going to think this is the war on the drugs, but it's really to get the blacks in jail. I forget what the number, what the, like, fines were or whatever, but cocaine versus crack, the main difference is one is a nicer form. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say it, but, Mm -hmm. like, one's a powder, one's rocks, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can't afford to make it powder. So you're going to put the people who have crack possession get ten times more jail time than the people with coke possession. The Fair Housing Act, which Congress passed in 1968, decided to outlaw the refusal to sell or rent to any person because of race, color, disability, religion, sex, familial status, or national origin. However, it did not uproot the redlining and other processes that banks used for discrimination. An investigation by the reveal from the Center for Investigative Reporting proved that people of color continue to get denied mortgages at a far higher rate than whites in 61 different metro areas. They shared a map used in Jacksonville in 2018, which literally outlined the desirable living areas, and their data proved further that Jacksonville is still falling right in line with the same mortgages made in preventing Black families from moving to white neighborhoods as they did 80 years ago. Gerrymandering, when looked up on Google, is defined as a practice intended to establish an unfair political advantage for a particular party or group by manipulating district boundaries. In December of 2019, NBC News reported, quote, The Supreme Court has declined to outlaw partisan gerrymandering, saying that only states can police that. But it also removed a key safeguard against the practice by gutting the Voting Rights Act in 2013. That ruling means that states with a history of racial discrimination, including Texas, Florida, and North Carolina, no longer have to clear their redistricting maps with the Department of Justice before putting them in place. That ruling, along with the growing populations, changing demographics, and mostly single party control, sets up southern states as the most likely territory for partisan gerrymandering, experts said. End quote. The American Civil Liberties Union created a report for the 100 to 1 crack versus powder cocaine sentencing disparity in 2006 the reporting shared that just five grams of crack carried a minimum of five years federal prison sentence, while distribution of 500 grams of powder cocaine carried that same five-year mandatory minimum sentence. They found that although it has been shown that whites and Hispanics make up 66% of crack cocaine users in the U.S., 80% of the defendant's sentenced under the harsh crack cocaine laws were black. I'm going to hopefully release this episode and it's just going to share that it is humanity. It's not about politics. Although politics, unfortunately, plays into it because of the people that we have elected who are openly politics racist impact and change. things like so, that. Exactly. Yeah. Politics impacts change. I think that if you hear this podcast and you take anything away, then I just want it to be that the reason that you're equal to me isn't because of skin color. It's because you're my friend and we are humans. Like That should be all that anyone exactly. thinks. And those comparisons that you keep seeing on social media, if you go to a prostate cancer walk, does that mean breast cancer doesn't matter mm-hmm. no if my house is on fire does that mean your house doesn't matter and we like if that's the one that like made it made me laugh but it's so true because this white girl posted on tiktok my house is on fire my house is on fire and the other girls well my house matters like and everyone's like yeah but mine's on fire <laughs> and she's like yeah but my house matters and it's like but mine's on fire
1: i think in general we just we want to see change we want to see ourselves you know we want our history to be a part of american history and not you know oh this month is you guys and you know you guys went through this and you know american histories no 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 let's go back to america's original sin and let's really try to mend and heal things and it's a it's a hard conversation that's why you know things are the way they are today because people are in their bubbles and they don't want to have yeah. these hard conversations they don't want to bring poly- so their regular be- day life isn't affected so you know. i would
0: love if everyone could listen and support it and realize like we are talking all facts pretty much but it's like we're just emotional about it because
2: it's going to be an emotionally driven conversation because especially you're speaking to two black people you know like it's a passionate mm-hmm. thing speak about it's just it's unavoidable unavoidable to not bring emotions into a conversation like this i think if you don't have emotions when talking about this you're part of the problem because again why aren't you affected when you see these videos of these people being killed why does that not affect you why aren't you feeling something i don't get it
0: someone in my family said why do you get like this when you talk talk about this i said why don't you I know this was a lot to digest and I know it's a sensitive topic for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. I'm not saying America is racist and I'm not saying all black people are good and I'm not saying all police are bad. Things don't have to be that black and white in this way either. But what I am saying is that there are Americans that are racist. There are police that are racist and there is systemic racism that needs to change. Just because you haven't seen these things, wouldn't act in these ways, and don't believe in all of it doesn't mean that other people haven't lived it. Please step outside of your experience and realize that this uproar is for something more than the possibility of something horrible. It's for the reality. In order to be an ally in the fight against racism, we have to take time to educate ourselves further and ensure that we work to be anti-racist. With uncomfortable conversations, passion for equality, and empathy for humanity, we can create change. And I hope this helps. All right, thanks everyone for listening. I hope you all have a great week ahead and remember to rate, comment, or review Swiping Sunday so that I can make sure next episode is even better. Bye guys.